In Matthew chapter 18, Jesus says, and this is an expansion on an earlier teaching, Woe to the world for temptations to sin. For it is necessary that temptations come, but woe to the one by whom the temptation comes. And if your hand or your foot causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life crippled or lame than with two hands or two feet to be thrown into the eternal fire. And if your eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life with one eye than with two eyes to be thrown into the hell of fire. Jesus is exaggerating, and we know that because he did that regularly in the Sermon on the Mount to get our attention. It's a rhetorical version of waving your arms. And we know that also because if you cut your eye out, you can still sin with the other eye. What's he talking about? What are we tempted to do and not do? Well, many of my professors in seminary said context is key, and they are right. Jesus expected his listeners to have some familiarity with the law. That's the first five books of the Bible, sometimes called Torah. And more specifically, Jesus expected a working knowledge of the Ten Commandments. Perhaps you've read the Ten Commandments. Perhaps you've seen them on a courthouse. They're found in Exodus chapter 20 and in the first part of the book of Deuteronomy. I'm going to go through the Ten Commandments with one-word definitions of what we are tempted to, and when we flee temptation, one-word definitions of what we're freed into. You see, the gospel of Jesus is not avoid sin. The gospel of Jesus is trust him with our heart and decisions as he reconciles us to God and, and guides us into the joyful with God life, life, as he guides us into living lives of life. So repeatedly he warned us about temptation. Why? Because we are tempted to agnosticism, idolatry, hypocrisy, workaholism, resentment, violence, lust, lying, theft, and greed. In the short term, we think it would feel good to practically not worship God, agnosticism. We think it'll feel good to practically worship stuff. We think it'll feel good to misrepresent ourselves. We think it'll feel good to get a little more work done and stop this somewhat hard work of real rest. We think it'll feel good to dishonor our parents. We think it'll feel good to practice a little bit of violence, even if it's raising of our voice. We think it'll feel good to lust, either on our own or with another person. We think it'll feel good to lie and to be greedy, even to steal. And the reason is it does. In the short term, there's a little bit of a rush. I heard a pastor say once, if sin doesn't feel good, you're doing it wrong. And I don't love that statement, and I think it's true. We're tempted by those. What we're freed into, though, is worship, real pleasure. When we flee idolatry, we're, flee we're freed into the pleasure of things. We're freed into sincerity, being honest about ourselves. We're freed into rest. We're freed into authority. Yeah, I said it. Authority exists. Might as well learn to deal with it. We're freed into peace and purity, honesty, contentment, and even contentment. I'm using that as the word for commandments 9 and 10. So when Jesus encouraged us to flee temptation... He's showing us the way to live lives of life, to believe not only with our heart and our mind, but with our activities, the God 
knows what's best for us, has indeed purchased the ability to do that with the Holy Spirit's help, with prayer and accountability. We can avoid agnosticism, idolatry, hypocrisy, workaholism, resentment, violence, lust, lying, theft, and greed. As we are freed into, by the Holy Spirit's power, worship, pleasure, sincerity, rest, authority, peace, purity, honesty, contentment, and contentment. That's the gospel of Jesus. Not one of sin management, but one of trust, wherein we're freed to live lives of life.